Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we're so happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. We are overjoyed (laughs) to be with you. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag grateful. (laughs) Hashtag he is risen. Hashtag. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag light the world. Hashtag come follow me. Hashtag hear him. (laughs) Oh man, this is so bad. Hashtag used to be I am Mormon, but now it's hashtag I am member of Church of Jesus Christ Latter day Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call us Mormon. That's a slur now. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, I want to start this off by giving some shout outs to our newest patrons. Woo! I'd like to give a big welcome to Carly. Hello, Carly. Welcome. Oh, hello, Carly. I just saw that you follow me on Instagram and I just followed you back. So hello. (laughs) (laughs) New friends. Yay. Yeah. You guys, if you um, join Patreon, we we become like personal friends with you on Instagram if you want. (laughs) That sounded so pretentious. But have at it. (laughs) You'll get to see Sarah's cute baby. Yeah. Sarah's cute baby and my cute dog. There we go. Um, hello and welcome to Christy. Hi, Christy. Welcome. Oh, hello, Christy. Welcome and thank you. And here's a name that we love around here. New patron, Sarah. <gasps> Hi. <laughs> hello, Sarah. Welcome to the Sarah Club. Is it with an H or without an H? It's with an H. So a little okay, bit. Okay, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It's fine. <laughs> You'll allow it. And um, last but not least, our patron Aaron upped their pledge. So they're pledging more uh, oh each month. Oh, my God. Aaron, you are a babe. Thank you so much. That is very generous and very appreciated. So thank yeah. you. Thank you guys all so much that support us on Patreon. Um, yeah. If you want more content, go over to patreon.com slash Mormon, And we have a lot of goodies over there. Go check it out. We just recorded a fun one. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and um, I did that on purpose. I we I made sure that the Patreon episode was fun because today's regular episode is kind of not fun. But <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we'll we'll do our best. Um today's topic involves the Mormon church, obviously. That's what we always talk about, but <laughs> The Mormon Church and anti-Semitism, particularly the Holocaust and and Hitler, which, it's rough. Um, That's going to be rough. I think, especially in light of recent, like, social news or what, how would you mm -hmm. even describe it? But what's been going on in the news and with celebrities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. And this was actually requested um, quite a while ago from a listener. And I'm not going to say the listener's name because I don't know if they want to be identified. But they sent us a message on Instagram saying, did you guys ever make a podcast episode about the Holocaust? And Mm. we we responded, hi, we haven't. Why do you ask? And this is what they said. I'm a member of an ex-Mormon Facebook group. And the other day I posted about an experience I had with church members a year ago that that was before I had officially left. Um, I expressed in the group that at the time I had found the behavior of the church members odd. And though I don't care anymore, I was curious whether my hunch was right. I asked the people 
I asked what people had been taught, preached to about, or even implied about the Holocaust. I was shocked, but not surprised, to find out people were taught that the Jews deserved it, and that mm-hmm. during, yeah, and that during the Second War, Second World War, Salt Lake City even encouraged members in Germany to support Hitler. Holy so, fucking shit! That I did not know. <sighs> Right. Um, so I asked them uh, if they could tell us more. Um, so they sent the screenshots and this was the um, the actual post. So that they posted, um, you know, like uh, here, I'll just read it. Um, what were you all taught about the Holocaust in the Mormon church? Um, in last spring, I went to Germany with my Nevermo mom. I posted online about the effects of the second war world war and because my mother's side of the family was jewish it was possible that i wouldn't have even been here they lived in europe and my grandfather even fought for the british after posting this members of the church started acting odd around me i was still a member but waiting for an email from quit mormon that i was officially out and had told no one that i I had even started this process the members who i thought of as friends ignored my post and they started talking to me less and just in general distancing themselves from me i have a, a hunch it's because of the cult and even though I don't care anymore, I'm curious if I'm right. And these were the some of the responses. Like, there were all these responses agreeing. And this one says, oh, God, this is just hard to read. Uh, I have actually had people, Mormon people, imply that the Holocaust was punishment for the Jewish people crucifying Christ. Like, and there's, I've, yeah. I was going to say, I've heard that one. That's ringing a bell. Yeah. And there's lots of, like, lots and lots of comments. Uh, from people saying that they were taught this, like, and that they actually taught this when they were Mormon, and, you know, they're really upset about it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it just keeps going on and on, like, so many of them. And I was like, holy shit, like, we need to look more into this, because this is really fucked up, right? Yeah, definitely. And something, like you said, that's not really mentioned often or just kind of like you just don't think about it I guess when it comes to Mormon church because there's so many other fucked up things that they focus on and do and then it's like oh this is a massive one that I didn't even realize I mean I remember hearing these things but it never like I didn't think about it now you know what I mean right 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 and I think we have the the privilege again like we're very privileged people and we're not neither of us are of Jewish descent so we just, it's one of those things where we we're privileged and just didn't think about it. And, exactly, um, yeah, because it, it doesn't affect us. Right, right. Um, so I went looking around, as I do, and I discovered this article from Religion News Service by Jana Reese. It's called Mormon Nazis, a new book uncovers LDS support for the Third Reich. And Whoa. this was written in 2015. So, oh my God, that's so recent. Yeah. So um, David Conley Nelson is an author, and he has spent years researching the LDS Church during the Third Reich, resulting in his new book titled Moroni and the Swastika, Mormons in Nazi Germany. I I requested this book from my library, and I'm going to get it soon, but I... Like, I want to read it, but I also don't. You know that feeling where you're like, oh, can I stomach this? But it's also important and I need to. (laughs) But, you know, like, so when I was living in Berlin, especially the first few years when I moved there, 
Yeah, that was something that was quite common to hear from the members was that like their parents or their grandparents were full on Nazis and were members of the church. Yeah. Like, I definitely remember specifically actually like one person in particular, like their grandmother. And I met her several times and there were a lot of things that she said to me off Deutsch that I was like, that's problematic, but maybe my German's just not that good. And then oh. I talked about it later and I was like, nope, nope. It was, oh, uh, holy shit. I understood that correctly. <laughs> holy shit. And I think it's important too, to remember that like a lot of times you hear Mormons, especially or religious people <laughs> or whatever, they'll say like, oh, they were a product of their time or blah, blah, blah. Everyone was racist back then, that kind of thing. I'm doing air quotes. But when it comes to, um, people and a religion that claims to have like ongoing revelation wouldn't you think that god would be like hey um hitler's wrong excuse me this is kind of a big deal like don't be a nazi i mean it's like a very simple thing but exactly like it it, your point i mean uh, it's it's such a simple point but yet like Mormons still defend it. I used to defend it, but it's so right in that if you really believe in a modern day prophet who receives recent and new revelation, then how can you say that or use that excuse? Oh, it was just part of the times. That's just how it was. Same with, you know, um, blacks and the priesthood. And it was like, oh, that's just how it was. Like, like, well, but it also could have not have been in the Mormon church if Mormon God gave a shit. Exactly. <laughs> and and yep. actually, yeah. So, okay. So there, this is kind of like an interview with this author of this book. Um, They ask, uh, they say, you note in the book that Mormons in the 1930s were not just tolerant of Hitler, but downright enthusiastic about his policies, including things like getting rid of brothels and passing laws against homosexuality. Why were Mormons such strong supporters of Nazism? Ooh. And this is what he says. The LDS mission presidents recognized the vulnerability that an American-led church had under Hitler's dictatorship, and they put together a program to formalize the church's support of the government. By doing so, they resurrected the 12th Article of Faith, which the Mormons had not obeyed before during their history of missions in Germany. Between 1851 and 1918, Mormons had been banned in a lot of the German states. So to get around that, they would register as English t- uh, teachers, students, or commercial developers instead of as missionaries. So uh, right away, it's like, okay, so they were being shady by registering not as missionaries. But then when uh, Hitler becomes, you know, in power, they're like, oh, suddenly we're going to follow the article of faith, the 12th article of faith, which if you guys don't remember is the one that says, we believe in being subjects to kings, yep. presidents, rulers, magistrates, and obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. So suddenly they're like, okay, now we're going to obey local government because they wanted to keep their missionaries there. They wanted to keep baptizing people in Germany. So oh, They're so shady. They do that shit all the time. And you just never yeah. know as a member. The little loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the 1930s, the mission presidents formulated this program to keep the church safe, but then found opportunities that were too good to pass up, especially in genealogy. Yeah, in, the pa- mm-hmm. in the past, they had been banned from German archives because 
pastors did not want their records used to baptize the dead as Mormons. But during the Reich, suddenly all these Mormon Germans had to prove their ancestors were not Jews. So the church's genealogy program experienced newfound freedom. By the time Nazi Germany was in full swing, just about every Mormon branch had a genealogical president, two counselors, and a secretary. So essentially, because they're so into genealogy, the... (laughs) The Nazi, you know, it was like, we're going to use that and help the Nazis by proving that we don't have Jewish Jewish ancestry. But, I mean, some of them did have Jewish ancestry. So they're, like, just helping the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's just, like, saying, like, oh, for the white people who don't have Jewish heritage, like, we're good, but we're going to disguise it of look, we, we're, we're just proving that we're not, we're, we're obeying the law of the land. We're not, we're proving that we're not Jewish, but then we're also proving that other people are Jewish. So exactly, exactly. Whoa. Mm-hmm. He finishes out by saying the shocking thing is that there seemed to be very little sensitivity to the racial reasons for genealogical research. Newspaper articles would appear in the Deseret News bragging about how much success the church was having in Germany with the new government. Yet the same newspaper was also running articles about the plight of the Jews. So the church knew what was going on in Germany, but emphasized cooperating with the Third Reich. <gasps> like they This knew. is wild. I wish I knew all this stuff when I was in Berlin. I can't believe we never did this episode before. It just didn't even, God, right? hashtag privileged. I just. I know. We're, we're so was, fucking privileged. I know. I was like living in that country. <laughs> like it just didn't even. And Ugh. it's just, yeah, they're just like, we want to keep the church safe and keep our membership growing. So just work with, work with Hitler is literally, I, okay. Um, here, so another question they ask the author is, one of the sadder stories in the book is of LDS first counselor, J. Reuben Clark, whose anti-Semitism seems to have been off the charts. Even after the war, he was still handing out copies of the anti-Semitic tract called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. So, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, The author replies, J. Reuben Clark was an anti-Semite. It was an anti-Semitism fueled by xenophobia and nativism. Through his legal and business work, Clark had the conflicting view that Jews were communists on the one hand, but that they also embraced capitalism and were cheating in their businesses. <sighs> wow. It just sounds like he's jealous. Also, for those who are non-Mormons or never Mo's or people who didn't go to BYU, they have a building named after this guy, and it's the law. The law school. The law school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're going to get more into him. And yeah, just remember, they have their law school named after this man. Yep. When Jews were attempting to flee Nazi Germany in fear of their lives, J. Reuben Clark was in a good position to work through the diplomatic channels that he had used in the past to help those who couldn't help themselves. But neither he nor the church as an institution did anything to help protect the Jews. And even further, there were members of the church of Jewish origin who appealed directly to him for help. All he needed to do was fill out some forms and vouch for them. They told him they had the funds even to immigrate and to sustain themselves after they would arrive in the U.S., but he flatly refused them if they had Jewish descent. Wow. Literally, like, refusing to help. Those people were probably killed. Uh, Wow. 
And this is a quote unquote man of God who yes. would have received revelation. He might not have been the prophet, but like. But he was the. the he was um, a priesthood holder. Counselor. Yeah. Like, counselor. So he would receive so he revelation. Was like, yeah. He's like way, 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 way high up there. He's like next in line to be prophet. And. Wow. Um, so it, they said that he was still handing out copies of that anti-Semitic pamphlet uh, or text. So that was called the protocols of the elders of Zion. It's a fabricated anti-Semitic text purporting to describe a Jewish plan for global domination. <gasps> uh, what? I know the hoax was plagiarized from several earlier sources. It was first published in Russia in 1903 translated into multiple languages and disseminated internationally in the early part of the 20th century. And it played a key part in popularizing the belief in a international Jewish conspiracy. Fuck that. Oh. Like this is a man of God. That's Quote, like, unquote man of God who is perpetuating this horrible viewpoint of a group of people. That is a clear lie. Yeah. And I mean, this is all going on. During the Holocaust, like, how can you, I just, you know, you're supposed to be, the church claims to be Christ-like and, and, and they want to help and be humanitarians. And they offered no help to the Jewish people who were suffering. That's real to me. And again, uh, that's just something I never even thought about. Like, and especially now knowing how much money that the church has and, you know, it's not like it would have been that much significantly different then so they could have helped and they they could have they chose not to they chose not to and they chose to support Hitler um so from mormonthink.com this was written in 2014 uh it says in December of 1933 a newspaper article was written in the church news section of the Deseret News the title of the article was Mormonism in the New Germany the article praised the new regime of Adolf Hitler and sought to compare the glory of LDS teachings with the new doctrine of Nazism that was spreading across the German nations. Many other Mormon publications, including the Millennial Star, were used to compare and contrast Mormonism with Nazi Germany. What? Isn't that beautiful, Deseret News? Oh my God. The Deseret News is still around too. And it's just like, they're like, yes. What? So wait, so just to like clarify, so they were comparing Mormonism to the Nazi regime or this new yeah. whatever, and in a positive way, like in a, in a positive way, yes. Whoa. So there's some examples. The first correlation of the LDS Church with the Nazis centered on the dynamic leader of Germany, Adolf Hitler. <gasps> he was mm-hmm, he was charismatic, strong, dedicated to his beliefs, a great orator, and was widely viewed as a savior figure to the fatherland. Many Mormons could appreciate the qualities of a figure like Hitler as these characteristics were the same ones valued in a general authority of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Those traits continued to stretch into more concrete beliefs that Latter-day Saints could identify with, namely the word of wisdom. (gasps) So they loved that. Oh God. Okay. I'm just going to keep reading. So, (laughs) Dale Clark was he wrote this article described Hitler's dedication to principles found in Doctrine and Covenant section 89 in the following manner quote there is another noticeable trend in the Mormon direction 
It is a very well-known fact that Hitler observes a form of living which Mormons term the word of wisdom. He will not take alcohol, does not smoke, and is very strict about his diet, insisting on plain and wholesome foods. Okay, first of all, I never heard of this about Hitler. Didn't know this is a thing. Me neither. Second of all, like, how does that make him okay for murdering or being responsible for the murder of, like, six million Jews? Like, oh, it's okay because hashtag word of wisdom. Like, he ate clean. And and why? Yeah, exactly. And why are you, like, trying to fight me? Like, look, oh, this is great. He's just like us. It's like, ooh, don't you want to distance yourself from this person? But no, they're like, look, he... <laughs> He's, he's pretty great because he follows the word of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, though, he did not refrain from drinking tea because Germans love their tea. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they didn't mention tea, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he broke, he broke it. <laughs> um, okay. As the new idea of Aryan bloodlines began to surface in Germany, genealogical work for German families needed to be performed to prove their purity. Yeah. <gasps> <sighs> Genealogy, having already been recorded for decades in Mormon households, set the saints apart from their neighbors. The German government now set up genealogical facilities, making it easier than ever before to find family records. The German members of the church were also recognized as Nazi patriots for their exceptional record keeping. Wow. Yeah, they, yeah, like, oh, we have this bond now because (laughs) we don't smoke cigarettes. And we do genealogy. And Hitler's doing it to kill people that have Jewish descent. Okay. This is wild. This is also making me, like, go back through my head and just wonder about all the people who I met in Germany, like, in Berlin as Mormon members. Like, how many of them have this actual thinking or, like, had ancestors who were thinking this way or still do? I mean, I knew, like, I met a few. But, like, now I'm thinking, God, it was probably a lot more than I I thought originally. Ugh, it's awful. Yeah. Um, as Hitler came to power, like most dictators, he sought to consolidate that power for himself. Most religions were openly attacked and outlawed, but Mormonism was allowed to thrive. Missionary, <gasps> yeah, missionaries. That's continue- so true. Sorry, I'm just like putting all the pieces together. Yeah, Mo- Hitler and the Mormon Church had like an understanding and. He allowed, like, missionaries were still allowed to share their message with others as other minority sects, such as the Jehovah's Witnesses, were banned. Which, or, like, most religion, right? Like, well, he, he abolished, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, which isn't that interesting. It's like, oh, so he's keeping the Mormons around, I think mostly for the genealogical aspect. But then, you know, you go into conspiracy theory area and you're like, was there money involved? Here. Oh, I'm sure. Are there, like, this is high up Nazis that were Mormon? I don't know. Yeah. This is wild. This is like, oh, my God. Okay, keep going. Okay. okay. While the European missions president, uh, Heber J. Grant, visited the church members in Germany. Oh, sorry. While touring the European missions, President Heber J. Grant visited the church members in Germany. He recognized the privilege that the Nazis were granting the saints to continue to practice their religion. There were minor exceptions to what could be taught, of course, as rhetoric concerning Zion or the New Jerusalem would not be permitted. But President Grant saw an opportunity and instructed the saints to, quote, stay here, keep the commandments, try to get along the best you can, even under some limitations. 
We want to keep the church intact and the missionaries working. What? So overlook all this horrendous stuff that's going around and things that are happening and rhetoric that's going around because we want the church to stay here and the missionaries to stay here so that they keep bringing in more members, which means more money. (gasps) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. We never learned this, you guys. I just. No, I guys, you never get told any of this stuff. No, like not once when I was a Mormon did I hear anything. And of course you don't. Like no. of of course you don't because it looks awful. <laughs> this is crazy. My mind is blown right now. Yeah. So um I looked around, um, I and I found this this pro LDS website. It's one of those where um, Mormon members, they can write in their questions to someone and then the answer will be posted like from someone that's supposedly, you know, wise about <laughs> church things. Um, so it's not from churchofjesuschrist.org, but it's from like a pro LDS site. And and here's the question that was written in. Did the LDS church support Hitler during his leadership of Germany? I've read that there were articles at the time from LDS magazines that actually praise Hitler. Why wouldn't LDS leaders at the time receive some revelation or at least an inkling feeling that maybe there was something very wrong with the Nazi party? Oh, good question. Yeah. <laughs> right? And here's the answer that like just made my blood boil. Okay, here we go. Oh boy. Answer. The church as a body, nor any of its general authorities, ever endorsed Adolf Hitler as a praiseworthy man, nor as an honorable leader. Okay, they lie. Oh, it's starting off with a lie because we just went through the whole J. Reuben Clark thing. Yeah. And and how he was openly anti-Semitic, but okay. Um, However... There were individuals who lived within the German society as missionaries or members who had positive things to say about the German government or its leaders in some fashion or another. Mm. Also remember, in serving their country and complying with the 12th article of faith, they were being subject to rulers. Okay, super convenient because they weren't doing that in Germany before. No, it's just a loophole. It's a total way to be like, no, 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 we're covering our asses right now by having yeah. this this 12th article of faith. Like, fuck off. God. Oh, it just gets worse. You ask why you ask, why would the church leaders not receive a revelation about the evil of the Nazi party? Sometimes we think God should just stop evil from ever happening. But scripturally, this is not how God works. In the Old Testament, we read on many occasions how Israel was taken into bondage. In the Book of Mormon, we have the Nephites' continual fight with the Lamanites. Even in the Restoration, we have stories of suffering under the hands of the unjust. Sometimes we bring it upon ourselves through disobedience. Other times, it is a test of our faith. But it happens quite regularly. When we see it this way, The Nazi party was simply one more in a long line of oppressors who had power for a short while and were then pulled down. Okay, so, so much to unpack on that. Like, they do the classic thing where they start with the positive, go into something that's, like, they say something that's clearly problematic, but then try to end with, like, but it's going to be positive, so you're left scratching your head, like, 
they clearly are basically blaming like, well, it's probably something that they did. And, you know, yeah, which how fucked up is that? Like, yeah, it was their sins. But then at the end, it's like, oh, it was, you know, the oppressors, you know, were only ruling for a little bit and it was them and, you know, it, they're no longer in power. So, <laughs> yeah. And it, it also kind of skirted the issue like. Like they asked, why wouldn't church leaders receive a revelation about the evil? And then they go into saying, sometimes we think God should stop evil from ever happening. Well, first of all, yeah, if I'm going to worship a God, I would want to worship a God who stopped the Holocaust. OK, yeah. second. Secondly, that wasn't the question. The question was, why didn't the church leaders know that it was like what they could have had a revelation given to them that. Hitler was bad like it didn't have to be like god stop it all I mean that would be ideal but they didn't even answer the whole like well why did the church endorse Hitler like why were they pro Nazi I just (sighs) nope exactly like it's it's one thing to say that they just did their usual where they say, oh, we don't we don't, you know, get involved with politics or the government or anything like that. We're mutual. We're, we're Switzerland. You know, that's what they the Mormons always joke about. Like, it's one thing if they were like that, but they were actively involved in promoting these, yeah. horrendous, you know, ideas about Judaism and Jewish people and well, you know, yeah. supporting a government, like actively saying, like, we support the German government and what they're doing. Right. And like and wild. doing the genealogical work that would get people killed. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I just hate I, I hate everything about that answer, how they don't even address the actual question. But then being like, well, in the scriptures, people suffer. So this means that the Holocaust had to happen. Fuck off. Like, yeah. Mm. And certain people just had to go through certain trials and tribulations to be tested. Ugh. Easy for you to say, probably privileged white dude, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then people just have trials. Okay. All right. (laughs) So um, that's that was the yeah, during the Holocaust, all of that awful shit. But this leads us to modern day Mormon Nazis. Yes, they're still around, obviously. Um, And they go by Desnat, D-E-Z-N-A. I don't know if you've heard of I've this. Not heard of this, but that just gave me chills. Like the fact that they still have it in its Desnats. Okay. Mm-hmm. Desnat. So hashtag Desnat is shortened from Deseret Nation Barf is, and it started as a Twitter hashtag that was created in 2018 by an awful douche canoe named Logan Smith. Logan, such a Mormon name. I'm just thinking about, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a member of the Mormon church, and he goes by the name J.P. Bellum on Twitter. Um, That does not refers to a loosely affiliated group of LDS church members who use the hashtag. Does not is an extremist, alt-right, white nationalist movement. Wow. Some members of the Desnat community wish to recreate the historical state of Deseret, which the LDS church declared in the 1840s to cover modern day Utah and parts of adjacent states, and as well as the secession of a theocratic Mormon state. So they, oh, and some Desnat commentators have suggested that this should be a white ethno state. 
so not very, surprising with that at all. Yeah, they're very um, they're very pro Brigham Young. So like everything that Brigham Young wanted, you know how he wanted to have his own country and basically be the king of Deseret and uh, wanted a theocratic state and was horribly racist. They they love that. They love Brigham Young. Like they'll well, they post yeah, the not surprising about. there at all. Again, like yeah, they picked the absolute worst yes. like <laughs> prophet to choose to be like, oh, we love this guy. He's the best. Yeah, yeah like we they follow him to the T and they use like neo-Nazi imagery. <gasps> um, it's it's awful. Uh, but continuing on. Users of the hashtag say they're not alt-right, but they're simply unapologetic about their beliefs. Unapologetic, God. Um, <sighs> Logan, Logan Smith says the hashtag recognizes faithful LDS church members as, quote, a unique people and should be united spiritually, morally, economically, and politically behind Christ, the prophet, and the church. Adding that does not is, quote, the idea that devout members ought to work together to support the church, its doctrines, and each other on social media and in their communities to further build the kingdom of God. And when they mean that, they mean the white members who are racist and bigots and homophobes. They should work together to bring. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, they'll they'll talk about how, like, they're just so happy they found somewhere on the Internet that they can share their beliefs when their beliefs are bigoted like their beliefs are anti-semitic and racist and sexist and very hateful to the lgbtq community like uh, it yeah it pisses me off oh. uh, desnet has been criticized as promoting bigotry and harassment against members of the lgbt community the black lives matter movement oh yeah they're very against that oh of course um, they are i'm sure they're like um lds lives matter Sure, they have to say You know they do. <laughs> um, they harass non-Mormons and ex-Mormons, feminists, abortion advocates, and even the Salt Lake Tribune. I mean, like, they've gone after, like, John DeLynn. Like, they'll even criticize other Mormons that they think are too progressive. Wow. Okay. Well, does not come at us. I yeah. welcome you. Come at yeah. us. Like, and they, their of- image. Yeah. Their imagery, if you, like, look up the, the Twitter hashtag or the Instagram hashtag, like, they're very into um, violent imagery. So, for example, they'll take a picture of Brigham Young or even Russell M. Nelson, but they'll Photoshop, like, an, an assault rifle, like, at that he's holding. And they'll oh, say that's... something like, we're taking back God's kingdom or something. Oh. It's very violent that's so terrifying. I retract my previous statement. Don't come at me. Like that's yeah, terrifying. Stay, stay away. Um, they they also use um, like imagery that has knives, like all different kinds of like Bowie knives, as an homage to Brigham Young and the concept of blood atonement for certain oh, sins. Yeah, that made me really scared. I know it's it's really, but you know what? A lot of these they these people go by. Um, different names like fake names online and they're very much just like hiding behind their keyboards i don't know that any of them have ever actually perpetrated violence but i mean that's not to say that something won't happen um yeah yeah um 
According to the feminist writer Mary Ann Clements, Desnap proponents regard themselves as being in line with the actions of former church presidents. Therefore, they are not supporting polygamy today, but they reference it regarding the past. For example, they like to say that Brigham Young was a polygamist power alpha male. Oh, gross. Yeah, they're very... Power alpha male. Doesn't that just make you want to barf? Barf. <laughs> Anybody who uses the term alpha male, you know is going to be you, an absolute douchebag. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. Exactly. Like anyone yeah. who says alpha male, I just want to instantly vomit. Like that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> um, in July, 2021, investigative journalists at the Guardian identified a man named Matthias Chicote. I think it's how you say his name, but also I don't care because he's a piece of shit. They identified, <laughs> they identified him. He was an Alaskan assistant attorney general as the poster of racist and anti-Semitic Deseret nationalist does not content using the Twitter account. Wait for it. At J. Rubin Clark. <gasps> so this asshole made a Twitter account, J. Rubin Clark. And then was just, he, he was an attorney general, assistant attorney general, and he just was posting, like, all this racist and anti-Semitic shit online. Wow. With the Desnet hashtag. Because, of course. With that hashtag and also using the handle J. Ruben Clark, which is clear that, like. This is clear. Mm-hmm. You just can't deny this stuff. You can't, as an active Mormon, deny it. Like, nope. come on. Like, this came from somewhere. These people are idolizing these apostles that are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Following the release of the report, civil rights organizations, including NAACP, called for the termination of Chicote from his position and the reopening of his cases. This prompted an investigation from the Atlanta, Alaska Department of Law, and Chicote was removed from his caseload. So, okay, well, at I, least that happened. At least yeah, and I, I think removed. he got fired too, but I mean, that's just. This was all just to say, like an um, an example of the the power that this anti-Semitism, like these anti-Semitic movements have, and it's in a religious space. It's just, mm-hmm. it's really scary, and it's terrifying because really, it's in the religious space. But also, as you just mentioned, like it's on social media now. I think the internet just really amplifies all of these really pro- problematic issues that you know people are now coming to surface so and then making it more like they they create these little troll communities and people who would never necessarily talk about being racist or bigots before in public forums are now able to hide behind these like you know twitter handles or hashtags or other accounts yeah. on social media and just like it feeds this fire of hatred and it's horrible mm-hmm. like i really yeah. It's, it terrifies me. I know I sound like an old fart, but I just feel like the internet and social media is like really, it's, it can be such a positive place. Like for us in our podcast, it's really great that it helps people find this podcast in a way of like therapy and, you know, meeting other communities. But then it's the opposite side where it's just like this horrible hate filled space that people can find and like join together and perpetuate all of these horrible things. Like, I don't know. know. It's just... It's really scary. I know. And and just to think that, um, I mean, it, it stemmed from the church leaders who were, you know, Nazis. It's, yeah. it's like, I know that there's the majority of the Mormon members are 
not Nazis, but it's like they're so blind to it, just like we were. We didn't mm-hmm. think about this and think about the history and how the church that we were paying tithing money to helped the Holocaust. It It's really awful. And then, you know, they act surprised when there are members of their congregation who are these bigoted anti-Semitic people. It's like, well, it like came from J. Reuben Clark. Yeah, it came from all, all this other shit. And it's it's disgusting, but important to talk about. And um, yeah, so definitely. Like, I think it's, I had no idea and I feel really stupid, actually, a bit silly. Silly goose me, like living in Berlin and never even thinking about, I mean, I'm sure we talked about all oh, like, I wonder what's the correlation or if there was one, but like as a Mormon, I, and I was living in Berlin as a Mormon. I just never, never knew this. Never, yeah. Never and you think talked about it. You, you learn about the Holocaust um, and I guess in my head, I just was like giving the church the benefit of the doubt or something. It's one of those things, again, I didn't think too deeply on it. I didn't think like, oh, like what did the church do during that time to help mm-hmm. the, you know, you, you like kind of think that they're on the side of good, but turns out that wasn't the case. I feel like we should just assume that for every situation that the church is involved in like they they sugarcoat it or they present it in a way where their PR wraps it up in a pretty package and says like oh we're you know we're doing good we're on the the side that is quote-unquote right but underneath it we all know that that's not the case and once you start digging deep you find that most of the time they've even funded some of this shit or they have the the members fund it to be honest yeah yeah very true so that's that's all I got, but um. Wow, well along. done, Katie. Well Thank done, you. and well done to the listener who questioned that and asked us if we had done an episode because we had not. And yeah, uh, and also to that listener, sorry that you experienced that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Can you imagine like your, your all your Mormon friends and and neighbors kind of start distancing from you because you asked about, you know. Nazi Germany and then there's like oh we don't want to talk about it it's like they should be supportive but I'm sorry I know ugh yay sad episode (laughs) (laughs) if I wasn't down before I am now oh you can count on me (laughs) (laughs) all right listeners well We love you, and if you haven't, could you please go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? That would be the best ever, and we'll be back soon. We'll be back. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.